0: Hello, Texans, and welcome to the program. It has been an eventful week of shows in the morning, 8 to 10 a.m. on Sports Radio 610 and the Texans app, and of course, every night at 6 as you're listening right now on Texans All Access. And by the way, Sports Radio 610 is a special show on Saturday night from the evening practice of the texans 7 to 9 p.m wanted to turn your attention to that but right now let's turn your attention to this nick casario who visited with us this morning there was plenty going on johnny and i took an early stab look a way too early stab at the 53 man roster just elements of it and we thought you know what let's just ask the general manager himself about the 53-man roster. Nick Casario's here. He'll so, answer
1: this question. Oh, he'll definitely he answer this an, question. Watch this will be so this, easy. This is going to be so awesome to start the show. People, right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. Nick, Nick <laughs> what is your 53-man roster today? I don't answer questions. I'm yeah. not good at answering questions. Oh, uh, jeez. I mean, that. that's a tough... You know,
0: we're going over... Every year, we try to project these things. And you mentioned you have this contest with 610. How many transactions you might have in the in this time of year, right? Where we are... Right Right now, leading up to opening day. Uh, But predicting a 53 man roster is like the NCAA tournament prediction. Like, no one's ever going to get it right because waiver wire stuff and injuries or whatever else is going to happen, right? Absolutely. You have to
2: stay flexible. Really, you have to work yourself through training camp and you're going to get more information along the way, each step of the way. So, this week, we got more information than we had last week. So, next week is another opportunity for us to transition into a game mode. And then we're actually going to go out there and play. And what you might find sometimes is, based on practice, based on repetitions, a guy goes in the game, gets an opportunity, and does well for himself. So then you have to evaluate in totality, and you can't just base it on one single thing. So again, you're looking at everything comprehensively from start to finish. And again, you have to balance off both short-term where you are as a team, where you think you are, and then also look ahead a little bit relative to the overall construction of the team. So it's a delicate balance, and the only way to do it is just make good decisions and have constant communication and make sure everybody understands the why behind it.
1: Nick, we were just talking about the waiver wire, sitting three on the waiver wire. How important is that kind of, as a story nobody's really talked about, having that third spot on the waiver wire to really kind of have first grabs at some of the guys that get cut in that process from, 80 to 53 or 75 to 53? How important is that waiver process? Yeah, it gives you some flexibility. Again, you have to go
2: through, and if you're going to claim a player, there has to be a specific reason why you're doing it. So is it to get him on the team and knowing he's maybe not ready to play? uh, You have him here for a little bit so you can evaluate him. Maybe he ends up on a practice squad. So, again, just because you claim a player doesn't mean like, okay, he's going to be on the team and he's going to play. There might be something else or another reason that dictates why you make that decision but to your question john i mean it just gives you a little bit of flexibility because if there's a player that you want that you have some conviction
0: on yeah there's a chance a good chance you, you ha- you'll end up with a player Last time you were on, we asked you what you're writing down on your notepad. Well, we had three consecutive days in pads here, Nick, and David Cully talks about whoever makes a play, it's, it's always good for the Texans, and iron sharpening iron and all of that. But what did you make of what you saw here with the three straight days in pads? Yeah, no, the effort was good. The energy was good. Let's say the
2: execution is something that we can improve. Uh, we've talked to the team about consistency because really what you're looking for is from one day to the next Can you be consistent with your performance, with your assignment, doing the right thing? And I would say in our particular case, some areas we can certainly improve pre-snap penalties and turnovers on the offensive side of the ball. So on the defensive side of the ball, the emphasis has been on turnovers, which is good. But conversely, on the offensive side of the ball being more conscious of taking care of the football. So I would say things that you can control, again, you talk about playing winning football, you have to eliminate the plays that prevent you from winning. Turnovers and pre-snap penalties are things that you can control. So we want to look for improvement, and if you start to see a pattern of behavior, you either A, have to do something to try to get it fixed, or B, find somebody else that can do it. Nick, with the rookies,
1: they're basically it's first time they're being adults, essentially, they come to camp, everything's new, I don't know what expectations are for rookies, but with this rookie class, you watch them, you say, okay, man, they're making a few plays here or there. How is this rookie class meeting any expectation that you had for them coming into this training camp? What have you seen from them that you feel like, okay, like these things, but and there are some things they really have got to come around and they will, they're rookies, they'll, they'll get there. But what have you thought thus far of the rookie class, how they've adapted to NFL play thus far? Yeah,
2: it's a good question. The reality is everything is new, how we practice, yeah. what we do, the flow of the day so you have to find something that works for you on an individual basis, and we have to try to educate them. I think the key is to get into a consistent routine each day and have yep. something that you can go back to say, okay, at this point in the week, here's what I, where I should be. But, again, with any player, you're looking for just consistency of performance day-to-day, understanding you're going to have some ups and downs, and that's football. But can you self-correct? Can you make improvements? Can you not make the same mistake twice? And, again, I think sometimes expectation is kind of a tricky word because yep. – the expectations externally might be different than what your expectations are internally. And your internal expectations are, are they making progress? Are they doing the right thing? Are they moving forward as opposed to going backwards? So not to oversimplify
0: it, but I'd say that's how we, we look at it. Well, you have these training camp reps out here, and there's so many more of these for every player versus whatever anyone's going to get in the preseason games, right? So how is the exchange rate between the value of making plays in those games versus what they've been doing out here in camp and practice against each other, especially in pads, as far as their chances go to make the team? It all factors in, Mark.
2: And the thing about the preseason, too, which you have to be very conscious of, is who they're playing against. Again, it's just the reality of the situation. Mm -hmm. So... Who they're, who they're going against, who's the level of competition. Again, look, there's 90 players on just about every roster, and not everybody's going to make their respective teams. There are going to be some players that aren't going to be playing. They're going to be on the street. So, again, you want to make sure you're evaluating the player the right way with the right information. And, again, it's in totality. You're taking everything top to bottom, what goes on in practice, what goes on in the game. Do you put more weight on one versus the other? I don't think so. You know, you'd like to see it in live performance. Um, and, again, some players have a more difficult time in practice, and then they get to the game and it's something different, and then you try to say, okay, what's the gap? You know, w- What happened there? What's the reason behind that? So, again, you have to take all the information, process it, and just try to make a good decision.
1: Nick, versatility is a word we've talked about a lot, and obviously the NFL, 46-man roster, game-day roster, and the more you can do, how much does that factor in for you when you look at, I don't know, maybe, say, an lineman that can play guard and center. Hey, this guy can play center. Um, he can, if, if something were to go wrong, he could step in there and play center. Hey, this guy plays corner, but if we needed to, you know, he could play the nickel, or he could end up playing safety if we need him to. How important does that get factored in with this particular group of guys you have?
2: It's critically important because you can only take so many players to the game, and you can't have a backup for every position. So specific to the offensive line, you're typically going to have another tackle, another inside player, somebody that can play center, and you really ideally like to have that next inside player be able to man all three spots. And the same thing at tackle. So, your third tackle, if something happens at right tackle, okay, you're better off putting that tackle at right tackle yep. or moving the guy on the left to the right. So, again, that's a big part of it. And same thing defensively. So, if they're really good at one position, that's great. If they have value in multiple positions and can prove that, and they can actually function at a competitive enough level, that's valuable. There's no question about it. I mean, we've gone through that, I would say speaking from personal experience we have a lot of players that never played a position before new england and we just train them and some players are able to absorb more than others and yeah. some can handle it and you really don't know until you put them in that position but in terms of the roster construction it's, it has to be a part of the decision making process
1: and how do you how do you balance that out Nick, with reps in practice preseason games hey we'd really like to get a look at this guy at this particular position it's not his normal position but we want, to take a, we want to take a look at him. We maybe project him to be this kind of player, and maybe he could fit over there. How do you kind of balance that out between practice reps and maybe even getting reps in the preseason?
2: You have to be very purposeful purposeful with your actions to create that competition so that you can actually evaluate that player. You have to put him in a position where you can actually evaluate him. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if he's an end, can it be a three technique? Okay, well, if we never see him play three technique, we can't just no. say, yeah. well, it looks like he can move inside. You actually tangibly have to see it so that we can see, you know what, that's not the right thing for him. Maybe he's better off doing something else. So you have to create that competition. You have to be purposeful and have intentions behind it and, you know, give the player the opportunity that, uh, that they can be successful.
0: Nick, give us a taste of where we are right now in camp. Lighter practice today, mm-hmm. night practice tomorrow. Is that a little bit of a dress rehearsal Body clockwise, if nothing else, for the first preseason game and then next week, game week?
2: Yeah, I'd say it's just kind of the flow of the week. So we've had three good days in pads uh, today, kind of lighting up. I'd say this is definitely more of a teaching, technique, fundamental day. So, again, it's not go out here and we're in a walkthrough. Again, you can get a lot done in a walkthrough in terms of knowing what to do, seeing who's doing the right thing. And you can still work on your fundamentals and techniques. And then tomorrow it will be more of a, I would say, a continuation of what we've gone on, what's happened the first three days. Mm-hmm. You we know, might do a, a period live or two, but it's not going to be anything that drastically different. And the players are off on Sunday, and then we'll go through the week next week and leave on Friday and go play a game on, on Saturday. So, again, part of it is operation as well, like the mm-hmm. traveling and the schedule and getting our players acclimated to that flow of the week. So there's a lot of things we're trying to balance off. But, again, we're just trying to do the right thing each day and to give our players the best chance for success. Nick, is the fullback dead? Uh, I think it depends what you're doing, John, and, and when you're going to use it. So there's some benefits to it, and there's also some, you know, maybe some negatives. So again, you have to figure out what do you want to be, how do you want to play, where do you use that player? Yeah. Um. And again, what are you trying to create with that player in the game? So there's a place for it. You yeah. just have to figure out if it fits within the context of what you're doing offensively.
1: Because it felt like in New England, with James Devlin, you had the perfect opportunity and the perfect guy that if you wanted to do. Twenty-one personnel. Like, hey, you could put Devlin in the game, and you could go a whole series with it, and and really move the football that way. And it seemed like you guys did that in 2018, but then you've seen other teams obviously don't even think about putting a fullback on the field. What's They don't even carry a fullback on the roster. So it kind of goes back to the versatility question: Can you take a tight end to play him at fullback, or could you take a fullback type and put him at tight end? I mean. How do you kind of look at that aspect of
2: it as well? Yeah, it's a great question, John. If they can do it, I think is the answer to the question. And again, it's what are you trying to get accomplished offensively? Like, what's the reason that you're putting that player on the game? So, you know, again, is it to create maybe a matchup to get a certain defensive personnel grouping? Is it to move other players around offensively? So then you get into the mental capacity of that player to line up in different formations other than the home position. So, again, what are you trying to accomplish? How are you trying to use that player and what's the end game? I think that's a part of it. So, look, there's a place for anybody on the football field.
0: You just have to figure out what you're going to do with them and how to do it. Nick, everybody wants to know about the quarterback, so give us a snapshot of what you're seeing in the passing game so far, that development.
2: Yeah, I think overall it's just consistency. So there have been some good plays. There's been some bad plays. I think we got to you know, need to do a better job of taking care of the football. Now, sometimes some of that, it's just not on the quarterback. It's a combination of are the other players doing the right thing? Did a player fall down? Is he going in the right spot with mm-hmm. the ball? So, again, it's never about one player or about he did the wrong thing it looks on the surface when you just watch it and you say okay well this is what it is but that's where you have to do a deeper dive so i'd say the big thing is consistency getting in and out of the huddle getting the play call taking control at the line of scrimmage and at different points each player is showing the capacity to do that so again we'll continue to do that we'll continue to put them in positions where they got to make good decisions and again playing quarterback a
0: lot of it is just About making good decisions and doing the right thing for the team. A lot of Tarad's game historically has been or not maybe a lot, not the majority, but some of it at least, has been getting out of the pocket, making plays on the run like that, and maybe in a designed way as well. How hard is that to simulate to make that happen out here? Uh, yeah, again, because practice is, to a certain extent, a little bit
2: controlled. So, yeah. again, you're trying to train reactions, and you're trying to train you know different situations. Some of that is a little bit more realistic in a game situation. So, again, what you have to do offensively at times, you just kind of have to react to what happens on defense, and a lot of it is just understanding what's going on on that side of the ball you know because ultimately that'll dictate what we're going to do on the offensive side of the ball so um, again there's certain things you get a better grasp and feel of and practice than others and there's other things it's a little bit easier in the game so again we'll just take it as it comes
1: nick as we were coming into this training camp i think we all used the word i think you talked about the word the c word competitiveness are you seeing the type and the level of competition that you wanted to see Coming into training camp, have you seen that through the first eight days? Yeah, the players have had a
2: great attitude. They've approached it the right way. Um, When you look at some of the rep counts at certain positions, it's pretty equally balanced. So, again, we want to see everybody against different people. You never want to see the same player against the same person all the time because each week it's going to be different, right? One week it's going to be Cam Robinson. The next week it's going to be, you know, Jack Conklin. So how do they fare against different players? I mean, you want to be able to see that, so you just don't want to see one player maybe go against the same person all the time. So, again, I think the players have a sense of urgency about them and their attitude's been great and and they understand what's going on around them too look it's the nfl okay it's a tough business and the reality of life is not everybody's going to make our team we've talked about that david's talked to the team about that the players understand that i mean that's part of being a pro Uh, and again (laughs) the other silver lining is even if maybe you're not on our team you're essentially auditioning for the rest of the league as well so there's still a lot to be gained with your
0: performance on a week-to-week basis uh, What can you share with us about what it's like inside the building during camp? Because it's not like the guys are going clubbing at night. You guys are still at work at night. They're all around here. We see it. So what can you tell us? I'd say active and purposeful. The, the, The day is
2: filled up. So we try to balance practice, giving them time to recover. So we talk to the players a lot about recovery, taking care of yourself, nutrition, stretching, lifting. So a lot of it is getting into a flow of the schedule so you can understand where you are during the day. But I'd say it's very... Active, that's time consuming, and there's not a lot of gaps. But again, we're also cognizant of making sure we give them enough time to recover because you want them to optimize their performance on the field the next day. So, again, the NFL has rules in place. So, you have certain parameters, certain hours that you're allowed. So, we we'll try to maximize those hours and get as much out of it and then come back and do the thing, do, do it the next day. What do you think of Coach Cully talking to the crowd on the mic? <laughs> he's
0: way better at doing that than I am, so I'm glad he's over there and not me. So he wears he wears the bucket hat sometimes, the floppy hat. Uh, are you a floppy hat guy, straight baseball cap? Yeah, everybody's got their own style. I'm a big visor guy. <laughs> visor. So visor. I've always been a visor guy.
1: See, so you so got to have the right hair for the visor. That's my
2: thing. that's yeah, so. true. It's I don't true. know if I have the right hair, but I'm definitely it, more of a visor it guy. It worked for
0: Steve Spurrier. What can I say? Yeah, yeah, he's a lot better coach than I ever was, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Nick, thanks a lot for joining us. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Well, there's Nick Gasseria. Now, coming up, the general, John McClain. You know, he always has plenty to add to the conversation about what is going on at camp. His thoughts on what he's been seeing and what is going to be seen as the Texans play their preseason opener one week from Saturday night. At Green Bay, it'll be live right here and on ABC 13. Later on in the show, numerous Texans, as we'll go somewhat rapid fire, Jeff Driscoll, you've heard his name a bunch, at quarterback. We're going to have Ryan Izzo on as well, among others. Stay tuned. It's Texans Radio it's texans radio and it's john mcclain actually i'm not john mcclain i'm mark vandermeer but we have john mcclain on every morning during our training camp programs and once a week on thursday nights usually on texans all access from the houston chronicle the veteran in fact in this segment johnny gushes over him a bit so we'll hear some of that but we started out asking the general what he's liking about training camp
3: i like that the fans are able to come out today i really like The night practice for tomorrow, and I'll never forget when Gary Kubiak came here, and it was 06, and they had a night practice, and it was the first time Bum Phillips had been out. And they had Bum in a corner and a golf cart, and they brought him out, and even though it was a Texans practice, and the Texans have been in business since 2002, Bum got this huge ovation from everybody, and they drove him around on a golf cart like, a dignitary who'd come back to town mm-hmm. and people were just going crazy. And he, he was so excited about that. Gary used to be a ball boy at training camp when most of us met Gary. And, and, uh, it was it was one of the best practice experience I've ever seen because bum was so pumped. He never had any idea he was going to get that kind of reception. And he and Debbie were living down in Goliad at the time. And, and could be, I invited him up and, it was really, really fun. General,
1: other than you, is Bum without question the most beloved football figure in the city of Houston?
3: <laughs>
4: you uh, chuckle,
1: you oh, uh, campbell's I'm... in there somewhere. <laughs> well,
3: <laughs> somewhere. Uh, Earl is respected and admired, but Bum is that was a Bum was worshiped. Yeah. Because, you know, Earl was a great player, Bum traded to get the first pick in the 78 draft to, to bring him in. And, of course, Earl is in the Hall of Fame, and they, that's when Love You Blue was born. And uh, But Bum, because L- Earl, also Earl lives in Austin. Bum, he, he came back here a lot, even when he and Debbie moved to their ranch at Goliad. But I've never seen anybody more beloved than Bum Phillips. Why were you laughing? Because <laughs> the way you started that. <laughs> Wait a second, though. Don't, please, don't even do that. That's. That's, I was embarrassed because it's so far from being the truth. It we, is not it's not that you. far from the truth. Well, it is
1: not that far from the truth. It for people that on who read, you ask. Well, you ask me, you are definitely in that mix. There's no doubt because there are people rolling around the city listening right now that are like, I've listened to John McClane. I've read everything he's written since I was in high school, since I was in college, since uh, the Internet started, whatever. You are that person for a lot of people.
3: Whether well, you laugh or not, John. I've been doing it a long time. Sometimes age has it's advantages, and uh, but thank you very much, John.
0: That's what I'm hoping. Age has its advantages. I hope so, man. You know, aren't,
3: aren't you going to agree? Uh,
0: about you? <laughs> of course, General. Well, when Mark <laughs> turns 30, you let <laughs> me know. You know, John's over here He's doing been your 29 eulogy, longer you know? than anybody I
1: know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. General, last night, the Hall of Fame game with the Steelers and Cowboys, couldn't really care less about the actual game itself, but... With Hall of Fame festivities, are you going to end up? Are you going this weekend to the uh, induction? I am
3: not. And last night, I was watching the Astros stink it up yeah. in a game against the Twins, getting hammered by one of the worst teams in baseball. And I switched every once in a while, but once I saw Mason Rudolph fumble, I think the first play, I said, "I'll see my first preseason game next week." And and uh, for a team like the Texans with so many new players.
4: Mm -hmm. especially
3: all the veterans preseason games are so important and with all the new coaches so that's why i can't wait this time next week uh, we'll be on our way to green bay and uh, i can't wait Wow! yeah
0: Yeah, we need to see them against another team because going against themselves and iron sharpening iron look the defense it feels like they know what's coming in some ways and vernon Hargraves told me as such, you know, that they. you get to know the patterns of the receivers after a while. You get to know their little moves and their mannerisms and their tells. And it's probably good for the offense to hear this from the defense so they can try to improve that and change that up. But I thought the defense had some moments yesterday again, John. Uh, But still with the first-team offense led by Terod Taylor, I'm optimistic that they'll be able to run the football and do some play action and he can make some things happen the way he has been doing in this league when he's been
3: with successful teams. That's a great way to put it because they are going to run the ball more, and you can't see that out here because they Mm. don't kill the running backs. Right. And he doesn't run over people. Although yesterday, an interesting case, Neville Hewitt, linebacker, started 16 games for the Jets, led them in tackles, running with a second group, he had been with the Jets. He spent his whole career in AFC East. Here's Rex Burkhead outside last four years with the Patriots. You know at some point Hewitt was hitting him. Yeah. Hewitt hit him harder than anybody's been hit at practice. Yeah. And I thought, man, they thought they're back in the AFC East. And so we'll see all that next week. And uh, But right now it's fun to watch the offense when Taylor's there. It's fun to watch Davis Mills. He's been so much better. He, I tell you, it tells you a lot about him how he rebounded from that Saturday performance because he gotten a lot of criticism across the board. And he's human. He knows it. His family knows it. They keep up. And he's bounced back big time this week. And that, that to me, is a big step for him early in his learning process.
1: John, this rookie class, Take Davis to the side, I want to ask this of Nick a little bit later about expectations for rookies obviously previous coach here didn't have a lot of expectations on rookies at all and maybe that shortchanged some of the young guys getting opportunities early but this rookie class john i leave practice every day and somebody will say hey what happened and the first names that pop into my head are roy lopez garrett wallow nico collins you know brevin jordan The, the, the rookies are popping in my head are they doing the same for you what have you thought this far Uh, the rookie class 2021
3: well i don't expect an immediate contribution because there's so much competition like roy lopez roy lopez six two three eighteen they like him he's going to play over the center nose in a four-man front and um but he's got a lot of guys around him yep and so if they hadn't signed so many veterans or they had more guys back i think he'd have a better chance to get playing time Garrett Wallows, same thing. they got a lot of linebackers. Mm-hmm. and But if you look over at Nico Collins, he's the one you'd like to see them get the biggest contribution from because he just looks the part of a big-time receiver. And Brevin Jordan, there's a lot of competition at tight end. Are they going to keep four tight ends? They have so many players at other positions. Can they afford to keep – four tight ends and these three preseason games will determine that
0: let's get back to the d-line for a moment because i think it's the toughest cut on the team there's no doubt in my mind i'm going to read you some names here and and you just uh you don't have to stop me but just think about these names as we roll through and think about are you going to keep eight nine ten of these guys in this in this four they may
3: force themselves Uh, on
0: demarcus walker jordan jenkins jonathan grenard jacob martin whitney merciless roy lopez ross blacklock i mean you could easily come up with a scenario where they all make it all those guys make it what did i just read seven names then let's continue jaleel johnson brandon dunn Shaq lawson charles amanahou Derek rivers vincent taylor I finally get to Malik Collins, who is a I mean, definite starter. I yep. mean, he's a starter, right? And then you have Big Z. I've got 15 defensive linemen, and I have maybe two that I can see. All right, I guess you can cut those guys. We're down to 13. It's going to be really difficult.
3: Well, fortunately, they're going to have veterans on the practice squad, and yeah. you hope people out there will say, yeah, I don't want any of these Texans, and they'll put them on the practice squad. And right now, you've got your ends who get up the field. you got your tackles. The only guy I could say right now who's a definite starter is Malik Collins. Now, my new compadre at the Chronicle, Brooks Kavina, is starting today, and he's going to do a story tomorrow on Shaq Lawson. You know, mm-hmm. they didn't trade Bernard McKinney to not be playing Shaq Lawson. And so I can't wait to see how the defensive line plays out. They've got at- pass rushers. They've got run stuffers. I've said all along, I think Charles Minahu is ideal for what they're doing. Ross Blacklock, you know, I think he's got a lot to prove. We talk about that cliche, chip on your shoulder, which is a lot to prove. And I think that uh, we'll see a different Ross Blacklock. I, and, and as Lovey Smith pointed out, it's not just four starters. There's going to be a whole right. lot more who are going to play, and that's why they play preseason games. And it is going to be a tough cut, but, man, it's it's good that you have – So many on the practice squad, and so many veterans. Jaleel Johnson started 16 games for the Vikings last year. I mean, crazy. Mm -hmm.
0: Azoya Alufahai, right, Johnny? Yes, very good. Big Z. Z. I got it. Big Big Z. I got. I got his name. I got his name. It's funny because you mentioned it's hard to name the starters, except for maybe Collins. Yet. It's easy to name rotational players. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. these eight, they're definite. Although, yep. then you can go I can't, deeper.
3: I can't name just eight rotational players. I know, it's tough. Players. It's tough.
0: I was just giving a sort of example there.
1: Yeah, one area, John, I, I know defensive line is going to be tough. I agree with you guys. I think that's going to be tough. But I do think there are some spots where I go, you know what? I was ready to write a few guys off. And then I watch them in camp, and I'm like, you know, I don't know. On the D-line or in general? In general. And mm-hmm. one of those is a defensive back. Because after watching last year, I thought Vernon Hargraves, Nah, I, I don't, I don't see it. He started 16 games. Doesn't I don't care if a guy started 16 games or he sat on a bench for 16 games. It doesn't matter. The guys they were bringing in or they had, I think, were a were, step. It felt like at the time they were a step above what Vernon. And Vernon played all 16 games outside. And I didn't think at the time I thought Vernon was an inside guy. And I think they felt like last year Vernon was an inside guy because they were, had Gary on Conley to go with Bradley Roby. That's the way they were going to roll. And when Conley was not ready to go, uh, and that flamed out. They put Vernon outside. I think Vernon has struggles in last year's defense, too. But in this camp, I think he has been very, very good. And I don't think it's a fate to complete that Terrence Mitchell is a starter at corner. What do you thought about Vernon Hargraves, Terrence Mitchell, and kind of that corner battle?
3: Well, they've had Mitchell as a starter since camp began, opposite Roby. They're going to have to have two starters besides Roby for the first game against the Jaguars since Roby's suspended. I wrote about him today in my column. And, uh, I look for him to have a big season. You know, there's another guy that's got a lot to prove. They got a lot of, there's so many chips on their shoulders. They yep. should be put where they're wearing them up like, as much as their shoulder pads. <laughs> and Terrence Mitchell started 16 games for a playoff team last year, yep. the Browns. And so, as, as David Culley, Lovey Smith, Tim Kelly, all the coaches about the C word, competition makes everybody better. And I think the fact that Terrence Mitchell's out here running with the ones has helped. Vernon Hargraves have a better camp. Desmond King II, who we talked to for the first time yesterday, he's come in here, blown everybody away as the slot corner. They'll start three in almost every game. They've got depth, and they made the fewest changes in the secondary, specifically at safety. So, uh, But if they don't get that pass rush, and those front seven doesn't stop that run, those guys are going to be set up last year. And the two stats I know that I would bet any amount of money that will not be last against the run and they will have more than nine turnovers.
0: John, what do you have going on in the Chronicle?
3: Uh, I've got, uh, let's see, I've welcomed Brooks Cabina. That's him standing over there from Clear Lake. <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to tolerate him as a longhorn. He had not got on <laughs> my nerves yet. Talking about the SEC, and he just covered LSU for the Baton Rouge Advocate. And we're glad to have him at home. And he'll have stories tomorrow. I've got podcast, TV. Uh, notes, blogs, everything you could want on texassportsnation.com. Stone tablets, he's got it all. Thank you guys very much, as always.
0: There he is, John McLean, the general, from the Houston Chronicle. Now coming up, a bunch of Texans players, including but not limited to, Brandon Dunn, you've heard of him, DJ Dunny. How's the DJing thing going in the new locker room? And Jeff Driscoll, quarterback, how's it going for him? It's all coming up on Texans Radio. Rolling on on a Friday, getting you into your weekend. And Led Zeppelin had a song called A Whole Lot of Love. You're familiar with it. This is called A Whole Lot of Texans. Four of them to hear from in this segment. So let's get right to it. Two minutes with a Texan. And first up, out of the rainstorm today, the team was doing a sort of half speed walkthrough type practice today in front of the fans. And it started to pour. The fans were dry because the stands are so great, just covered up. It's never been like that before. We've had some cover, but never like this. Driving rainstorm, nobody got wet, but the players certainly got soaked. Anyway, I caught up with Brandon Dunn, DJ Dunny, right after practice. First of all, the rain. How was it out there in the rain today?
5: Man, it was a good switch up, a little cool down. Uh, It's always hot in Houston, and uh, I guess we caught the good side with a little cool rain, so we'll take it. How'd
0: you feel the three days in pads
5: went? Three days in pads went well. Uh, You know, uh, not just speaking for myself, but just as a team situation, you know, rustiness, as always, around this time of camp, especially when you pick pads, when we have five days of acclimation, but, you know, football starts when pads get on. Uh, It's been good, it's been physical. Uh, You know, a lot of guys have been getting a lot of reps, mental reps on the side and physical reps, so, you know, we got three days in pads, so that's really not saying much. We gotta keep going.
0: After last year having camp out here with nobody, What's it like to have these fans here? You're able to chuck stuff in the stands. You can't really take pictures with them,
5: but what's that like? Man, it's good, man. The fan interaction, man, from, you know, just, it's, just, it's just amazing how you go one year off without them, you know, the interaction with them not them, them not being there at camp and at the game. So, you know, having them out here this year is really good. What is it like
0: the D-line room? Now you're in a 4-3, got more guys, got a lot of guys in this D-line, Brandon, and, and then you have the unfamiliarity of the new faces. What's that like for you?
5: Man, everybody just gets to know each other. Uh, everybody's familiar with the uh with the 4-3 defense. Everybody's familiar with Lovey, you know, his history. And uh, you know, everybody respects and works hard for Coach uh for Coach King. So, you know, everybody just uh competing, you know, uh it's camp. You know, but at the same time we make it fun in that room. That room has gotten, you know, it's got a lot of has got a lot of dudes in there it got bigger. And we all just having fun and we playing ball and we all getting to know each other.
0: We saw the high-tech locker room, and your locker has the corner, right? You got the corner spot, which seems like the primo spot to me. Yeah, Yeah, I got
5: the corner suite, you know what I'm saying, Uh, as much needed. You know what I'm saying? I guess it's a respectful spot. You know, uh, I don't have a cane yet. You know, I don't have a cane yet. There's a couple things that, you know, I got to work with, you know, with management, you know, our HR, but, you know, I'm happy for right now.
0: What about the music? Because you're the DJ, so how are you handling that with the new locker room?
5: I'm doing good, man. Uh, You know, uh, they they got a a wireless ox cart. So we got a couple, uh, uh, I guess, apps that I got to download so that way I can control the music. So it's just working good, man. They're taking care of me. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to complain much, but it's still some stuff I need. Sounds good, Brandon. Thanks a lot for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, let's keep it going here. Quarterback Jeff Driscoll on that depth chart with Davis Mills and Tarod Taylor. How is it going for Jeff Driscoll in training camp
6: so far this year? Camp's been great and being out here with the guys. Um you know there's a bunch of new guys uh, so everybody's kind of doing it for the first time, getting to know each other. But it really is a great group of guys and a great staff. So it's been it's been good. Uh, we're all working together to get better. And uh, you can just see us, you know, gaining momentum day in and day out. What's the communication like between you, Tyrod, and Davis out here on the field? Yeah, no, the, the room's been great. Um, you know, we all bring something different to the table, uh, bouncing stuff off of each other. So uh, it's a really good group. It's a unique group. Um, Tyrod's been in the league 10 years now. We've um, been on a bunch of teams been in a bunch of different situations, and Davis has kind of taken it all in, and uh, you know, he's, he's a really smart guy, and uh, it's just been it's been good to work with both of those guys. How do you like being in pads and doing that two-minute stuff? Oh, it's awesome. You know, you can you can feel the energy, you can feel um, you know, the pace of play kind of pick up a little bit, and you know, football games are won and lost in this league a lot of times by just a few points, so um, you know, end of half end-of-game situations are huge. What's this system
0: like, and how does it compare to other places you've been in the league?
6: Yeah, I mean, you know, every... Every system has, you know, some things that you, you know, might call more often. But, I mean, at the end of the day, football plays a football play. And it's just learning the little nuances that, uh, that makes you be able to execute at a high level.
0: When you came in, you were the new guy. But did it kind of help that
6: everybody's a new guy here or so many players, about 50? Yeah, I mean, that's just part of the deal in this league. Um, you know, I've been on, you know, three or four teams now. And that's the same with a lot of these guys. So, I mean, I think it's a very mature football team. Um, but like you said, it is a bunch of new guys, and we're all kind of, you know, figuring it out together. But uh, makes it easy when it's you know, high-character guys. All right, you're from Florida, mm-hmm. so how does this humidity heat situation compare with training
0: camps in Florida?
6: Yeah, it's very similar. You know, it's it might be a little more humid here. You know, you always in Florida, you always say it's the most humid place in the world, but it's it's pretty heavy out here as well. So so, uh, gotta hydrate—that's for sure. All right, thanks a lot, Jeff. Goodbye. All luck. right, thank you. Appreciate it.
0: Okay, let's keep this going. A defensive back trying to make a name here for himself in Houston, Tavier Thomas. And no one can get to know a player quite like
1: Johnny Harris. Let's listen in. Catch up with a guy that is very intriguing for this roster. Played with Cleveland Browns last year with the Ferris State. That's very interesting to me, Tavier
4: Thomas. Welcome to Houston, man. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Uh, nice to be here. Great to be here. Just want to keep working hard and getting better each and every day. Help team win.
1: I got to start with this one, man, and I know it's last year, but I got to start with this because I felt like one of the best wins for any team last year was that game that you guys beat the Steelers in the playoffs. You got no coach. You've got one other coach back home. You got – I mean, players are missing. Uh, Tonio doesn't play. What was that night like? And especially against a team like the Steelers that have been your rival, what was that game like winning that playoff game in Pittsburgh like that?
4: It was the best. It was the best feeling ever winning that game. Everyone just stuck together. We knew we had our coaches out and our players out, so everybody just stepped up and did what they had to do was to get the dub. And it was just fun. Everybody was out there just having fun running around, and we came out on top. And that was your first playoff game. What's that
1: experience like as a player, <laughs> man? We've had a few here, and I've been on the sidelines for a number of them. What's that like? Your first
4: one as a player? It's an amazing. It's ma- amazing. Like, it's nothing like it. Like every, the crowd is just into it. Even though we didn't have a full crowd or whatnot, yeah. it was still just everyone there, and it was just all hype. Every time we would make a play or something, the whole defense, sideline, offense, everybody was just together having fun. So it was just the best feeling in the world. Now
1: you went to Ferris State, so the people use the word "grind" a lot. Like, hey man, I'm grinding. You come from Ferris State, and you get in the NFL, and you stay as long as you have. You have really gone through the grind. Oh, yeah. What is it about just toughing it out every single year, coming from Ferris State? Do you have sort of a chip on your shoulder like, hey, man, I got to prove myself every single every single time I'm out there? I didn't go to the Alabamas or the Oregons. Oh, yeah. Do
4: you have that chip on your shoulder when you're out on the field? Oh, Yes. That chip is on my shoulder at all times, like each and every year, each and every day. I just try to get better and better each and every day and just learn from the older guys and learn from the guys that came from those type of programs and just take everything I can, be a sponge with all the veterans or whatnot, and just keep coming out each and every year and just balling out, do whatever I got to do. If it's special teams, defense, whatever I got to do, just do it and just the sky's the limit. Just keep God first and just keep grinding, like you said. Detroit to Houston.
1: I mean, eventually. I mean, you had other stops. <laughs> Detroit to Houston. Now, I know one other guy on the roster that's made that, and that's oh, yeah. Desmond King. Oh, yeah. Did you guys know each other growing up at all, or were you in different circles? What Did you yeah. guys know each other? I know you're probably a little younger than Desmond, but did you know him growing up at all?
4: Oh, yeah. That was my dog. We played pal together, high school. He went off to Iowa. I was trying to go to Iowa. Yeah. I couldn't get an 18 on my ACT. We were best friends growing up. And to be here with him today, it's just it's an amazing feeling. Like, when I heard the news, once I signed, then he signed. We, like, had a party back at home. Like, both our families real close. So we was always together. And now we're we're together even more. So it's going to be great being with him. Does that make the
1: transition to a new team easier? Oh, yeah. Just having somebody that you can at least go to the locker room and go, man, hey,
4: it's hot out <laughs> yeah. there. Hey, where do I go eat? Where do you want to go eat? That, how does that make the transition easier it's, for you? It's, it's way easier. Like, I have one of my best friends. And then I have like eight other teammates that played with me in Cleveland. So once I got the word that Houston was um, wanting me here and I had all the other guys coming and guys that was here, it was just like it was just perfect fit. It's not like I'm too far away. I always got someone that's family oriented with me. So it was great.
1: All right. I started this a few uh, a few practices ago. Say something nice about. I'm not even to ask you about Desmond King because you just said something <laughs> very very nice about him.
4: But I'll ask you. Say something nice about your DB coach, Dino Vasso. Oh yeah, Dino. He's the guy. He's young. He's he's he want to be young like us, but he's a little older. But it's just like a it's like a father dad type relationship with all the guys. So it's a great feeling to have a younger guy even though I had an older, little older guy last year, but it's, it's a great feeling to have those two experiences. And with him, it's just great because the transition is good because he's young and he yeah. can – he know what we is and yeah. we know what he is about, so it's great. Say something nice about Lovey Smith's beard. <laughs> it's long. <laughs> long and great.
1: <laughs> All right, say something nice about a former Browns teammate who I talked to the other day, Tay
4: Davis. Oh, yeah, that's my dog. That was my special team's ace right there. Me and him was always a one-two punch on special teams when our other guy, Cordero. But me and him was always right next to each other, twisting off each other or whatnot. So I know him. He know me. We got the same massage therapist. So, like, that's my guy right there. That's my guy. Just big. He's just bigger than me. But I'm a <laughs> linebacker at heart. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you really are. You do play a little bit like a linebacker. But I'm glad you're here, Tavier. You. Thank you very much for your Thank time. Thank you.
4: I'm glad to be here. Thank you. I appreciate it
0: john harris with tavier thomas one of the many dbs trying to make this 53-man roster can't wait for the preseason opener a week from saturday night against the green bay packers at lambeau field all right we've talked a lot about tight ends we had anthony Auclair on this morning and he's from canada and he's been getting a lot of meaningful reps so has ryan Izzo, who wears the number 45 kind of looks like a fullback a little bit but he plays tight end and Izzo has no relation to former Texans special teams coordinator Larry Izzo, also a former Rice standout. Ryan Izzo went to Florida State, but he's from New Jersey. And that's where I began the interview. Ryan, how does a guy from New Jersey end up at Florida State?
7: Uh, I ended up there because a guy named Coach Brewster, Tim Brewster. Mm-hmm. He uh, recruited me heavily when I was in college, started my junior year, senior year. Uh, we disconnected. I trusted him with mine my career and felt like he could make me the best player possible.
0: Was it tempting to try to go somewhere else up in the Northeast or closer to home?
7: Uh, I was considering Rutgers for sure, uh, Boston College for sure, uh, but it ultimately came down to Wisconsin and Florida State and made that decision to go to Florida State.
0: How has it been getting acclimated to this organization in this city? I'd say it's the heat as of right now. You know, uh, I got a lot
7: of great guys around me. Our room's great. Uh, you know, Coach Andy is great. So. Uh,
0: you know, I'm just excited to be down here and excited to you know learn and improve as a player. It seems like so many head coaches come from the tight end coach ranks. Why is that in your opinion? What is it about being a tight end or coaching a position that makes people good head coaching candidates?
7: I'd say you have to be so versatile. You, know, you have to know a lot in the passing game, run game, coverages, fronts, uh, and it's, it's a real technique sound position. You know, it's details. We're generally blocking guys who are bigger than us and running routes on guys who are faster than us. So it's about the details.
0: Yeah, you got to know all the routes and you have to know how to block too. And I noticed you're working after practice a little bit. What do you work on after practice when you're in that setting? Uh, it's always some sort of special teams, going
7: in there, and getting some kick sets, uh, you know, whatever the, it is for the day, and then, uh, you know, going to get some jugs in trying to catch some balls in a variety of different angles.
0: You feel like special teams is a a good ticket for you to try to make any squad?
7: Oh, for sure. Any opportunity I get, you know, I'm trying to make the most of. Uh So if that's special teams, offense, you know, wherever that's at, I just want to make the most of my opportunities. All
0: right, what's better, a pancake block or 10-yard reception?
7: I like both. Both get the same feeling. You know, you you pancake somebody, you see that running back fly by, or you get that catch and, you know, make a big play to move the the chains. Either or, it's it's a great feeling.
0: All right, Ryan, thanks a lot. Good luck to you. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Take care. Nice to meet you. What a polite kid Ryan Izzo is. And, look, I am not blowing smoke here these guys are terrific these players they're really great to get to know in the building here and i can only hope that we all get to know them much better as a fan base here in the city of houston these are the kind of guys you want representing your city 50 new players and I have just met so many of them and think so highly of them and I can't wait to see them in action. I mean obviously the most important thing is to win football games and do great things for the city uh, but so far so good as far as the way these players are when you meet them up close and personal. Again I'm just sharing my experience with you on this. Okay a few things to point out here. On HoustonTexans.com, we have so much great content. We have the question of the day. A lot of fun stuff from camp and a lot of breakdowns as well. And John Harris with his Harris hits and DP who caught up with Jacob Martin today. You got Deer Drew today. You have so much great stuff. So go to HoustonTexans.com or the Texans app for all the information on your Houston Texans to get to know what's happening at training camp. I know it's kind of confusing and overwhelming sometimes because you have so many new players. But again, you can get to know them better If you go to our digital assets, team practice tomorrow night, that's Saturday night at the Houston Methodist Training Center, 7 to 9 p.m. We will be on with Texans live right beforehand. And I know Sports Radio 610 will be out there from 7 to 9 p.m. as well. So have a great evening, everyone. Thanks so much for listening and go Texans.